It's the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. No, them, burr. Good afternoon. Welcome aboard. Yeah, bundle up if you're headed out because, baby, it is cold outside. A deep freeze has settled in with wind-whipped snow to boot. Correspondent Jesse Kirsch gets us started from Erie, Pennsylvania. We've got brutal wind gusts, which are churning up some rough waves out here on Lake Erie. You can hear those wind gusts right now, and it's those blasts of cold air combined with these waters, which have turned parts of the Great Lakes region into a snow globe. 100 million of us from the deep south to the northeast dealing with freezing temperatures today. This is a big storm to be our first storm of the year, so um, everyone's going to knock the rust off really quick. A lot of us brushing up on our winter driving today. In the snow belts, those lake flakes are piling high south and east of Lakes Erie and Ontario. New York officials say they're ready, though, for whatever old man winter dishes out. As soon as there's a hint of a flake starting to fall, we get our people and our equipment Ready? DOT Commissioner Marie-Therese Dominguez says hundreds of snowplows are working round the clock to try and keep up with the lake effect. Jackie Bray with the State Division of Emergency Services. The state will be there hand in glove with all of our local and our county partners. One to two feet of snow possible in ski country by tomorrow. The Tug Hill Plateau near Syracuse will see the bulk of the white stuff. Today's show meteorologist Al Roker. We're going to be looking at about another 16 inches of snow. The Tug Hill Plateau between Watertown and Utica and some heavier amounts in western Pennsylvania. But after that, things start to calm down. Veteran snowplow driver Andrew Lonke in western New York says this multi-day lake effect event has been a real doozy to try to drive in. The conditions are just as treacherous as any other ones, you know, driving-wise right now. I mean, once it stops, it clears up, it's easier to plow, but right now it's, it's hard to get by. Travel advisories issued this morning in the suburbs of Buffalo. Lake effect snow warnings continue through Wednesday morning in ski country. The Israeli Hamas truce in Gaza is holding as the hostages for prisoners swap continues. Correspondent Cammie McCormick has more on the decision to extend the delicate truce in this seven-week-old war. The White House welcomed the decision. The National Security Council's John Kirby. The humanitarian pause in Gaza will be extended through Thursday morning Israel time. It will now potentially allow for the release of 20 more hostages. Eight to ten Americans, he says, are still believed among them, but their status is unclear. What's also unclear is who exactly is holding the hostages. Up to 40 of them are being held by groups not named Hamas. Trey Yinkst at Fox News. There are other organizations like Islamic Jihad, DFLP, PFLP, smaller criminal organizations that are inside Gaza, and they are reportedly holding some of the hostages. This war is already the longest in the history of the state of Israel. California Congressman Ro Khanna is calling for a long-term ceasefire that would effectively draw down the hostilities between Jews and Arabs. Here's the reality on the ground. There are 40,000 Hamas fighters. Israel has killed 2,000. It is unrealistic that they're going to be able to kill 40,000 other Hamas fighters. So we need a real solution. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has made it crystal clear, however, that there will be no ceasefire until the last of Hamas is no more. A three-day farewell continues in Georgia for the late Rosalind Carter. The former First Lady died last week at age 96. This afternoon, mourners 
have gathered at Emory University in Atlanta to pay their respects. Reporter Mark Strassman. This is an American moment. Everyday Americans file past Mrs. Carter's casket, paying their respects to the daughter of Tiny Plains, Georgia, who became First Lady of the United States. Among those in attendance at today's service include Rosalind Carter's husband of 77 years, the 99-year-old ex-president Jimmy Carter. President Biden and Vice President Harris are there as well, as are former President Bill Clinton and all the living former First Ladies, Hillary Clinton, Laura Bush, Michelle Obama, and Melania Trump. Hunter Biden says he's willing to testify before Congress about his business dealings overseas, dealings which have led to a House impeachment inquiry into his father, President Biden. So far, Republicans have yet to uncover any hard evidence directly implicating the commander-in-chief, but they insist their probe paints a troubling picture of influence peddling. The price you pay for the stuff you buy continues to be sky high, and that's frustrating to a lot of Americans. Here's what a few of you are saying today about the cost of living in 2023. We're seeing it in, in the economy and how we're spending our money. I think inflation is impacting people very negatively. Our dollar's going a lot less this year than it did last year. It costs money just to wake up every day. Chris Bedford with the Common Sense Society says the cost of living is proof positive that Bidenomics is not working. You can hide certain things when you're president. You can blame other people for so much, but when people go to the grocery stores and they can't walk out with two measly plastic bags of groceries really for under 80 bucks, they start to notice that. Bloomberg reports what you pay for groceries today is 25% higher than what you paid just before the pandemic. First, there was Black Friday, then there was Small Business Saturday. Yesterday was Cyber Monday, and today is Giving Tuesday, a time when you're encouraged to give to the charity of your choice. A lot of nonprofits are often in the position as kind of like that social service first-line responder, right? So this is a time of year when there's a lot of need for food banks or food pantries, a lot of coat drives that happen through schools and in the community. Emily Francis runs a not-for-profit in Pittsburgh and says for many charities, they're very Survival depends on days like today, Giving Tuesday. Nancy Wolanski with the United Way. Nonprofits have been seeing a lot of need still at almost pandemic levels. And so that is really concerning. I would really encourage people to think about Giving Tuesday as starting a ongoing partnership with a nonprofit so that it's not a one-time gift to these organizations because they really need our support all year round. Last year, over 37 million people in 85 countries raised $3 billion for charity on Giving Tuesday. Can money buy happiness? Well, 60% of Americans say yes, it can. And the price tag is $1.2 million. With more than half of U.S. adults living paycheck to paycheck, the average American claims they need to earn $284,000 a year. to make ends meet. Still to come on the Noon Report, ski slopes getting ready, winterizing your vehicle, and New York State goes to pot. Well, good afternoon to all. I'm Kevin Williams, still tracking some heavy lake effect snow and blowing snow in parts of the area. 
All other areas will be seeing the sunshine. I'll have forecast specifics coming up. We'll see you in 10. All right, see you then. Thank you, Kevin. There's no business like snow business, or so they say. And this week's brush of winter weather has area ski slopes downright giddy about the upcoming season. Snow gets people stoked. It's what our skiers and riders love to see. So from that aspect, it's really good to have Mother Nature kick in and help out with the process. Dash Hageman is the director of marketing for Holiday Valley in Ellicottville, New York. It looks like we've got some windows within this coming week, along with some hopefully lake effect snow that'll add some nice scenery to the area, and we'll be able to get things really ramped up. Holiday Valley sees about a half million visitors every winter. They plan to open for the season this coming Friday. With the colder months just around the corner, local auto mechanics are reminding us to tell you, make sure your car is winter ready. A few of the main things that we start selling more of is wiper blades. Folks will find that their wipers need to be replaced anyway, especially when they need them most. Another thing is batteries. The cold weather will push an already weak battery right over the edge. Van Rood is an auto mechanic from Pulaski, New York. He says your tires are also important to maintain this time of year. People that aren't ready don't have their tires changed. They're still in a rush and haven't got ready to slow down for the winter weather yet. Rood says giving yourself plenty of braking distance can be the real difference maker to whether or not you're in an accident. Pennsylvania community colleges are still awaiting state funding and many are now dipping into their emergency reserves to get by. The state's 15 community colleges have begun detrimental measures to keep their campuses afloat. Those campuses collectively enroll some 230,000 students across the Commonwealth. The New York Cannabis Control Board's reached a settlement that could soon result in hundreds of new marijuana dispensaries in the Empire State. Here's Executive Director Chris Alexander. This is a significant moment. We're hopeful uh, that folks get out the gate running. We want to have a lot of openings as quickly as possible. No new pot shops have opened up in New York since August when a lawsuit challenged a state rule that granted drug convicts first dibs on weed licenses. This settlement, which still must be approved by the state Supreme Court, could greenlight more than 425 marijuana dispensaries. Currently, there are only a couple dozen in operation. Many conservatives fear the proliferation of pot will lead to increased crime and unsafe roads due to an influx of drugged driving. A new patient protection law on the books in Pennsylvania. It protects patients while they're under anesthesia. Before this law took effect, patients could be subjected to pelvic exams without consent. Democratic Representative Elizabeth Fiedler. Their bodily autonomy, their rights as a patient will be respected. I think we can all breathe a sigh of relief. That's Karen Sofer who says she could not get a straight answer from her doctor when asked if she underwent an invasive exam while she was under the knife. I felt very violated. The lack of concern from my surgeon and the nonchalance with which they responded got me very angry. The new law requires patient consent before pelvic exams are done during operations. The Utica, New York School District has fired Superintendent Bruce Karam. He was arrested along with the former mayor last week for allegedly using taxpayer money to support political campaigns. Karam led the Utica School District for more than a decade and had been on administrative leave since last October. A new law in New York mandates that feminine hygiene products be available free of charge in every middle school and high school.
high school bathroom. The law takes effect next school year. Here's Family Life, Sarah Harnish. They call it period poverty, the one in four families nationwide that can't afford feminine products for their tween and teen girls. To make sure they feel comfortable, they'll now be offered in the bathrooms of schools for free, even private and charter schools. The new law will take effect this coming July before the start of the next school year. Sarah Harnish, Family Life News. Thank you, Sarah. The past 50 years, black lung disease has killed more than 76,000 coal miners in this country. Now Pennsylvania's two U.S. senators are sponsoring a bill to bring these hardworking laborers new health care protections. Their legislation updates a more than half-century-old law by improving miners' access to medical coverage for the dreaded black lung infection. The trend is our friend when it comes to lower gas prices. Family Life's Jeremy Miller says the savings at the fuel pump should continue right through the end of the year. Right now, the national average for a gallon of regular is $3.25. New Yorkers are spending an average of $3.57 at the pump, pretty close to the Keystone State's average of $3.56. Demand spiked for the holiday with more than 49 million people driving for Thanksgiving, but oil prices are down to $75 to $80 per barrel, which is keeping pump prices down. Prices are typically lower in the winter, so a price hike is not expected anytime soon. Jeremy Miller, Family Life News. Thank you kindly, Jeremy. You're listening to the Noon Report, a Tuesday edition, right here on Family Life. Let's check sports next. The Buffalo Sabres skated past the first place Rangers last night on the road at Madison Square Garden. Five to one, your final Sabres forward, Alex Tuck. The East is really tight and you never know what will happen. Win two, three in a row and you're in a playoff spot. And we're going we're gonna to keep, keep crawling back. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep trying to get points and wins. And uh, It's going to take full 60-minute efforts. The Sabres are back to 500 on the season but still sit in sixth place in the Atlantic Division. The Chicago Bears kicked the winning field goal with just 10 seconds left to play last night as they upset the Minnesota Vikings in Minneapolis. Bears head coach Matt Eberflus says the final drive was a total Total team effort. You know, the way we finished uh, was good, good complimentary football, three and out by the defense, and then taking it down there on the two-minute drive to set us in the field goal range, making them use their timeouts, and then kicking it uh, uh, for the winner. With the win, the Bears improved to four and eight on the season. The Vikings dropped to six and six. The Carolina Panthers have fired head coach Frank Reich after a disappointing one and ten start on the season, the worst in the NFL. Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey combined for 61 points as the seven 76ers crushed the Lakers 138-94 in Philly. Sixers head coach Nick Nurse. Obviously, when the three balls start going in the way they did early, I think that just energizes everybody and defense gets a little bit better and confidence just stays, you know, stays up the whole game. Philly shot nearly 50% for the game from three-point land. LeBron James led the Lakers with 18 points. L.A. falls to 10-8 on the season. College basketball, SU hosts LSU at the Dome tonight. Tip-off set for 7 p.m. At the Family Life Sports Desk, I'm Bob Price. And still to come on the Noon Report, shoveling and shivering. We're doing one or both today. A closer look at the Arctic League and controversial Christmas tree. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street.
Well, the U.S. has seen a dramatic increase in the number of syphilis cases among newborn babies, according to a recent report from the Center for Disease Control. Syphilis is a sexually transmitted infection that can be passed from moms to babies in utero. Last year, more than 3,700 babies tested positive for the disease. That's a 30% increase in a single year, a tenfold increase in the past 10 years. According to the CDC, the situation is quote-unquote dire, and the only way to reverse the trends, the report proposes, quote, is to address missed opportunities for prevention, primarily timely testing, and appropriate treatment of syphilis during pregnancy, end quote. Likewise, a Houston-area doctor quoted in an NBC News article about that report said, quote, It's unbelievable how this could all be prevented if we just had patients get in for screening and treatment, end quote. During the AIDS crisis of the 80s and 90s, some acted as if the HIV virus could infect anyone at any moment, as if how it actually spread was a total mystery. That kind of thinking is even more common today, especially among drug companies promoting medication to treat HIV. That's because it's considered immoral in this cultural moment to limit anyone's self-expression. The diseases and dangers linked to irresponsible sexual expression are disconnected from the behaviors themselves. Instead, the diseases themselves are often treated as evidence of injustice, as if the moral duty of medicine is to free sexual self-expression from any of its consequences. In this framing, risky sexual behavior is inevitable. Not only is it immoral to suggest that people stop doing those things that spread HIV or infect babies with syphilis, to do so would be to suggest the impossible. This pessimistic and deterministic view of humanity is demonstrably false. Though we often say that politics is downstream from culture, the state still has significant power to influence human behavior. For example, in 1984, only about 14% of Americans wore seatbelts. I'm likely not the only one who remembers bouncing around unrestrained in the back of the family station wagon on a long road trip. But just three years later, after 30-some states had enacted seatbelt laws, that percentage tripled to 42%. And last year, according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, more than 90% of Americans faithfully buckled up when on the road. And yet, despite those successes, most government-funded efforts to combat the spread of sexually transmitted infections never mention risky sexual behavior. Creators of proven, effective abstinence education resources testify just how oddly difficult it is to even gain access to public schools with their message. Even doctors, concerned about the spread of congenital syphilis, cannot seem to bring themselves to recommend sexual risk avoidance. At the root of their selective outrage is a warped idea of what it means to be human. A worldview that says that humans are fundamentally incapable of practicing sexual abstinence assumes that human beings are mere animals. It's a perfect example of what former President George W. Bush once called the soft bigotry of low expectations. God's design for sex is good. The boundaries he designed with it are also good. Not only is it possible for humans to abstain from acting on all of their desires, it's best for them to do so, both spiritually and physically. It's best when we're able to delay gratification for some higher ends. When we violate God's created boundaries, we're also violating His design and putting ourselves at risk, and others as well. Sadly, the skyrocketing cases of babies born with congenital syphilis are just the latest example of kids paying the highest price for adults' bad ideas. 
for the Colson Center. I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. All right, John, thank you for that. Let's take it outside next. Kevin Williams. Here is your family life weather forecast. The focus of the Lake Snow this afternoon will be east and southeast of Lake Erie and Lake Ontario, south of Buffalo and north of Syracuse. Additional accumulations of some significance there. Outside of the Lake Snow Bands, intervals of sun and flurries. High temperatures today, mid-20s to the lower 30s. Lake Snow Bands tonight and tomorrow, shifting south early, then back north tomorrow. The areas away from the Lake Bands will see a little more than a few flurries. Low tonight, teens and low 20s. High tomorrow, 20s and lower 30s. All right, Kevin, great work as always at the Weather Center. This is the Noon Report. I'm your host, Bob Price. Lots going on Tuesday, the 28th of November. Some of us are shoveling. All of us are shivering today with freezing temperatures impacting 100 million Americans from the deep south to New England. Weather watcher Janice Dean. Holy moly, the cold is here. Coldest air of the season spreading across the northeast today. Daytime highs about 20 degrees below normal today. Lake snow warnings continue through tomorrow morning, one to two feet of snow possible by then south and east of Lakes Erie and Ontario. The terror group Hamas releasing another handful of hostages today as the war in the Middle East remains on pause for humanitarian purposes. Peter Lerner with the Israeli Defense Forces. Everything in and around this war is extremely fragile and we are trying to bring home as many hostages as we can. Lerner says Gaza is not the enemy of Israel. Hamas is, and this war will not stop until Hamas is no more. Correspondent Richard Engel. The Israel-Hamas hostage deal is allowing more aid into Gaza, which has been devastated by Israeli airstrikes and tank fire, with 80% of the population displaced, according to the UN. Up to 40 of the hostages in Gaza are being held by groups other than Hamas. The late Rosalind Carter will be eulogized this afternoon at Emory University in Atlanta. President Biden, his wife Jill, and Vice President Harris will attend, as will former President Bill Clinton and his wife Hillary. In fact, all the living former first ladies are there. Michelle Obama, Laura Bush, and Melania Trump. Rosalind Carter died last week at the age of 96. Her husband of 77 years, America's 39th president, the 99-year-old Jimmy Carter, is also in attendance. The Iowa caucuses are less than 50 days away, and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis hopes a strong showing in the Hawkeye State will jumpstart his presidential campaign. When I became governor, we had 300,000 more registered Democrats than Republicans, and we never had more R's than D's in Florida history. Now, after five years, we have 670,000 more registered Republicans. I led the drive in Florida. I'll lead the drive nationally. We can do it. We just need leadership. Polls show DeSantis trailing Donald Trump by 30 points in the run-up to the Iowa caucuses. After more than two weeks, a light at the end of the tunnel for 41 men trapped in a tunnel in northern India. Rescuers using drills have broken through a mountain of debris to reach the men. Those construction workers became entombed in that mountain tunnel after a landslide or this month. They've been living on chickpeas, dried fruit, nuts, puffed rice, and water funneled in through a narrow pipeline. A Wisconsin museum is facing backlash after its annual Christmas tree festival included a Christmas tree from the Satanic Temple. It's not inclusive. This is indulging, and it's indulging people who want to defame and deride religious practice and expression during the holiday. It's Christmas. Christmas is not your arena to ply 
buy narratives about the devil or hail Satan or whatever you're hanging on your little Christmas tree. Raymond Arroyo with Fox News. This is a private entity, this National Railroad Museum. They should have kept them out. It's not a proper Christmas display. These are Christmas trees. If you don't want Christmas trees, don't have any trees. That's how I see it. People well, should vote with their feet and stay away from that museum. The National Railroad Museum near Green Bay is displaying the tree, which, as we mentioned, included an ornament with the phrase Hail Santa. It also includes pink and blue colored flags that celebrate the transgender lifestyle. Eighteen Republican attorneys general are blasting the Biden administration over a new rule that could exclude Christian families from foster care. The HHS mandate stipulates that foster parents use the preferred pronouns of foster children and must also dress them in such a manner as to reflect their self-identified gender expression. The state's attorney general argued this mandate flies in the face of a recent Supreme Court ruling that protected religious rights when it comes to foster parents. There are nearly 400,000 children in the foster care system in this country. Charities across the country hope that people will take a break from all their holiday shopping to make a donation today on Giving Tuesday. Lori Steinrin of Charity Watch says it pays to do a little homework on the group or groups that you give to. Do a little due diligence and make sure that you're finding organizations that will spend the vast majority of what you give on legitimate programs and keep their overhead spending reasonable. Last year, charities received $3 billion in donations on Giving Tuesday. You're listening to the Noon Report on Family Life. Welcome back to another edition of Hometown Heroes on Family Life. I'm Mark Webster, and this week's guest is Scott Hefner, president of the Arctic League, a Chemung County charity whose mission for over a century has been to ensure that no child in the county goes without gifts at Christmas. It has been around a long, long time, hasn't it? It's been around since uh, 1912, actually. So this is our, if I'm doing my math correctly, 111th year. And ever since the beginning, its mission has been to make sure that no child in uh, Chemung County goes without Christmas. Christmas gifts. The name Arctic League, what's the history there? So the history was um, right before the Arctic League was founded, there was a group of men locally who actually played baseball <laughs> during um, the December month uh, leading up to the holiday, and they, they named themselves the Arctic League. And it was this group who found uh, a young boy who was by himself out in the cold um, and pretty upset. They brought him in, took care of him, made sure he had Christmas presents, and uh, that's when the tradition started. <laughs> what a neat way to start things. It's certainly a mission that's uh, strongly felt uh, this time of year in particular. We speak to a lot of, of different uh, philanthropic organizations, and, mm -hmm. and the level of need these days is really high, isn't it? Absolutely. And and it's not even necessarily based on, on someone's income. You know, so much could happen in someone's life that sometimes they might just need the assistance. And and for us, we're here for, for the kids. We're here for the families. We hear so many stories of those who, who donate now 
were the ones who maybe received gifts as kids back in the day. And it's uh, it's amazing how it really comes full circle. Tell me about this year's campaign, how that's going and, and just how it works. Sure. So we uh, we kicked off the campaign, uh, oh, geez, just over a week ago. We have a fundraising goal of $175,000 and everything we raise goes to directly to purchase uh, the gifts for the kids. We we don't take any administrative funds from that. The, um, the administrative function of the Arctic League is completely supported by our board of directors. So we'll keep um, accepting donations until we hit our goal of $175,000. At that time, we will close what we call our big book, which is sort of a pseudonym for what we used to have people sign back in the day. And at that point, we'll encourage um, the community to give to other organizations. We try not to ask for anything more than we need. And then on Christmas Eve, volunteers will line up around our our headquarters and eagerly deliver presents. It's uh, something I did as a kid, and it's considered a tradition in this county. That's got to be really fun. And often when we speak to charities, the giver winds up getting rewarded even more than the person getting the gift. Absolutely. Absolutely. If somebody wants to get involved, either donating or, or in other ways, how would they go about that? If people are interested in donating, they can do that um, by visiting any of our auxiliary locations. We've got a, a bunch scattered throughout Chemung County. You can do it online, drop something off at the office, or we do have our annual um, TV and radio broadcast coming up on Sunday, December 3rd. They could call in, make a pledge, or, or, or pay by credit card. And if if there's families that are in need for, for gifts, they can fill out an application on our website as well or visit our headquarters, arcticleague.com. On TV, it'll be WETM and WENY. And then the CW, which is associated with ENY as well. So we got ETM, ENY, and CW. It's also live streamed on WETM and YouTube. How many uh, people are involved in the Arctic League, you know, getting those gifts together for the kids? And how many kids are actually receiving them? We have so many volunteers between our board. We have basically a full-time office running right now where we have uh, volunteers there and we, we have probably close to 20 nights where volunteers come in and help actually pack the gifts. I would say hundreds, boy, two to three hundred and I may even be short on that but when all said and done, the last couple of years we've been right around 3,000 children receiving gifts. I've been on the board since 2008. Every year a new president is moved in so this will be my one year's president and then whoever's been on the board the second longest will take over for me and, and, and on and on. I used to deliver gifts when I was a kid, so it's, it's, it's kind of surreal how it's, it's come full circle for me being president of the board this year. That's Scott Hefner, president of the Arctic League, a Chemung County charity whose mission for over a century has been to ensure that no child in the county goes without gifts at Christmas. Please join us again next week as we search for your home, your town, your hero. It's Hometown Heroes on Family Life. Excellent work as always. Thank you, Mark. And Hometown Heroes comes your way every Tuesday during the Noon Report. You can also catch it online anytime at familylife.org. Just look for the News tab on the podcast page. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. A rush of modified Arctic cold air is generating additional lake effect snows today and the snow belts will continue to be belted but if you're not in one of the belts then expect just a few flurries and some times of sun here's our call for this afternoon the focus of the lake snow this afternoon will be east and southeast of lake erie and lake ontario south of buffalo and north of syracuse additional accumulations of some significance there outside of the lake snow bands intervals of sun and flurries high temperatures today mid-20s to the lower 30s. Lake snow bands tonight into tomorrow, shifting south early, then back north tomorrow. 
the areas away from the lake bands will see a little more than a few flurries. Low tonight, teens and low 20s. High tomorrow, 20s and lower 30s. All right, Kevin, finally at noon today. Uh, hunting we will go, hunting we will go. I own the mill, we go, hunting we will go. A Nebraska couple who love to hunt recently bagged a buck and then bagged each other. Samantha and her boyfriend of three years, Cole, were on the prowl for a prized deer near Omaha when they spied that impressive buck that most hunters can only dream about. Her boyfriend let her have the first shot and she didn't miss, and neither did his secret plan. A professional photographer suddenly showed up. Cole said it was to get pictures of the couple with the deer, but not really. He was actually there to capture something much more special. As Cole dropped his rifle, then dropped to one knee and popped the question, Samantha said yes. Good for them. The happy couple plans to get married next fall, just not during hunting season. And that's our world, the world we live in, Tuesday, November 28th. I'm Bob Price, Family Life News. You've been listening to The Noon Report, heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.